Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals mc. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to another wonderful episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host today, Ryan Treasure. And man, do we have a bang up show for you guys to listen to today. So much stuff that's out there in the marketplace uh, when, when you talk about uh, digital and marketing and all of that kind of stuff. And we're going we're gonna to do a little deep dive today about marketing strategy, some lead generation, coaching, and find out a little bit about what some of the top companies are leveraging uh, today uh, to get their message out into the market space and make sure that uh, they can navigate through the number of building brands that are always coming up into the marketplace. Uh, seems like every day there's a brand new startup company that's jumping into uh, many different spaces. And how do you set yourself apart? And how do you how do you make sure that you're you're seen and you're you're visible to the outside world? And so we'll talk a little bit about that today with our fantastic guest Alan Dibb, who is a serial entrepreneur and the author of One Page Marketing Plan, which has become the global marketing Bible out there. So Alan, I want to welcome you to Finding Your Frequency. Hey, Ryan. Pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, wow. We really appreciate having you on the show. I know that uh, you're a very busy guy. You uh, just came off some travel. You've been doing a lot of different stuff, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, the the people on Forbes and all over the internet, they're they're dubbing you a, a, a marketing guru. So uh, definitely want to talk to you about uh, some of the trends that are happening. But before we get down the rabbit hole and talk about some of those things, we want to learn a little bit about you first, uh, Alan, and, and uh, you know, kind of set the tone for us. Uh, uh, you know, here on Finding Your Frequency, we always talk about how people found their frequency in life and in business and, you know, uh, took the step away from the standard nine to five and and uh, followed their passion. So why don't you just kind of start from from that beginning and tell us about how you found your marketing frequency? Yeah, I love that question. So uh, look to me, uh, I think for me and I think for many people who've uh, found their frequency, it's about it's often started off with a, a liability that they had in their lives or their businesses. And that was certainly the case for me. Uh, I started my uh, business life as a dead broke IT geek. You know, I really struggled with getting customers in the doors, really good at what I did, but um, just struggled with getting new clients. Uh, you know, the clients I had loved what I did, loved the, the service and the product that we we did but uh, unfortunately I didn't have enough of them and you know and worse than that I didn't know how to get <laughs> new ones in the door so um, that's really where I started and that took me on a probably about a decade long journey on learning marketing the difficult expensive and hard way which is through trial and error and um, that brought me to a place where I I created a system and a, and, a, and a knowledge base where I knew how to get clients reliably in the door. I ended up growing that business very substantially, uh, being um, an IT managed service provider. I ended up selling that 
business for more money than I'd ever seen in my life. And then uh, I started another, another business, which was in the telecommunications space. We grew that business from zero to four years later, being one of the top 100 fastest growing companies in Australia. Um, and I exited that very successfully as well. And, and now I'm working with entrepreneurs and business owners all over the world, helping them do the same, which is basically implement good marketing systems that help them reliably get new clients in the door. Wow, what a great story. A couple of businesses sold and now you're moving into the coaching realm and kind of applying those things that you learned with those startups uh, to other people's businesses and helping them grow, right? Exactly, exactly. And and I love doing that. And because, you know, I've really felt their struggle. I've been there. I've, I'm not, you know, I'm not you know, learning this from a textbook or whatever. I've been in the trenches there. I've been awake at 3 a.m. wondering how the heck I'm going to make payroll the next day. School Um, of hard knocks. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very much so. Very much so. A lot of of hard knocks and... um, uh, it's good. It's, it's great to be able to be on the other side now and helping uh, other business owners really uh, get their systems going and help them really change their businesses and by extension, change their lives. Yeah. And I think there's uh, just so many different technology pieces out there for marketing that people kind of get lost in the, you know, idea of, you know, where do I start with marketing with the company? Is it, you know, search engine optimization? Is it pay-per-click? Is it, uh, you know, leveraging different uh, CRM tools and email marketing and all that kind of stuff? And I think so many people get wrapped up in the the tactical of what they're trying to do and they don't really sit down and start at the beginning with creating some type of a strategy. So what what for you is that most important piece of, you know, just maybe getting getting the ball rolling for a marketing strategy? Yeah, well, well look, um, when, when you're lost, the best thing that you can have is a map. <laughs> and when it comes to marketing, a map is your marketing plan. It's kind of like, you know, I, I recently finished building the house that I, I'm living in, in now. And, you know, the first six months were spent with the architect, with the council, figuring out what's going to go where, you know, where's the swimming pool going to go? Where are the bedrooms going to go? You know, how is it going to be all structured and, you know, drainage and all of that sort of stuff? Had I just started randomly building things, you know, put putting up a wall or digging a foundation randomly and all of that sort of stuff, that's that's a recipe for disaster. That's where a, where a house just falls in. So you need to spend that time planning and clarifying your strategy, getting that blueprint right. Because all of those tactics that you mentioned, you know, the SEO, the blogging, the podcasting, email marketing, all of that, they're all fantastic things. They're very, very necessary. But if you don't know where they plug into your strategy and, and why you're doing them, what your aim is, is to do, what your metrics are and things like that, um, you're just going to do random acts of marketing. So you're going to do random things and you may have a random success here or there, but that's not really how we want to run a business. We want to run a business where we know what the plan is. We know where we start. We know what the next step is. We know what what's working and what isn't working and then we can course correct. And you really need that blueprint, you know. So going back to that analogy of building the house, you know, you're going off the blueprint. You're saying, right, we, we need to dig a foundation this deep. We need to dig the pool here and we need to put this wall up and we need to lay bricks here and then we need you need to put up drywall there or whatever it is. Um, so uh, exactly the same with marketing. You want to start with that blueprint, that marketing strategy. Well, Alan, my blueprint is just I want more customers. Well, that's not a blueprint. That's a goal. (laughs) 
Well, um, I, and, 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 and that's a totally great goal to have and that's what it's all about. But um, we need to figure out, you know, what the blueprint is. Yeah, I think, and that's why I made that comment of, you know, hey, Alan, I, I just want more customers. A lot of, you know, owners or C-level executives, you know, that that's their mantra. They say, I want more customers. And I don't think a lot of people know, you know, where to start with a blueprint. You know, when you say, I want more customers, is that, yes, you want more customers um, so you can make more revenue. But I guess it's the acquisition of said customers where then they start falling back just on tactical again, right? I know I want more customers as a goal, but how do you set the blueprint for getting to the goal? And and, and a lot of times I think that's where stuff gets lost because people don't know where to start or what elements are, are necessary in a marketing blueprint because marketing is just changing so so rapidly with uh, technology and and things on online and you never know okay well do I do I hire a marketing person to start to build a plan do we create a plan at the C level uh, and then hire a marketing person to execute it do I uh, you know hire somebody like Alan to help me create this plan and there's just so many different options of where to start to create the plan yeah yeah this, this, this is such a great question so um, so look uh, I created a process and again, like this didn't come from theory or something I invented um, just in my head. But um, when I started uh, coaching small business owners, one of the first things I said is, hey, you need a marketing plan. Let's put together a marketing plan. And I got a lot of pushback. It was, big, you know, they didn't know exactly what you said. They didn't know where to start. It's too hard. It's too expensive. I'm not sure what to do. And I had that exact same experience when I was a small business owner. I hired an expensive consultant to come in, help me put together a business plan. We spent months and many, many thousands of dollars. And in the end, I had a document that was awesome. Like it was like 70 pages long, had charts, had graphs, had projections, all sorts of things. And guess what I did with that cool, <laughs> big document? Yeah, it's, <laughs> Pretty much nothing. It's sitting I, in I the three ring binder on the desk. <laughs> sitting, exactly. Sitting in the top drawer of my desk. Never saw it again until I was uh, moving out of that office. And, you know, dusted it off, tossed it in the trash, and I was sort of angry at myself for wasting those thousands of dollars and all that time with that, that consultant. But here's the thing, like even w when I look back at that process, um, what, the one part of that uh, business plan that was super, super valuable to me, even though I never looked at the plan again, but it helped me clarify my message, clarify my target market and things like that, was a section of the business plan called the marketing plan. And, you know, the consultant took me through a process. He said, you know, let's talk about your ideal customer. Let's talk about what pricing and positioning you're going to have in the marketplace and all of those sorts of things. And that got me thinking about, um, you know, how we're going to position and price ourselves in the marketplace, what products we really want to push and all of those sorts of things. And just that process was massively helpful going through that process. So I wanted the same thing for my clients when I started coaching and I got so much resistance because like I said, they felt it was too hard, too expensive, too difficult, didn't know where to start, all of that. So by necessity, I created a process called the one page marketing plan where literally in a single page, you can create a very sophisticated direct response marketing plan for your business. And the reason it's one page makes it really practical, really easy to, to do. It's quick. And, you know, it's something that you can pin up literally on your office or have on your desk. And that's how I envisioned it. And so um, I had a lot of clients 
you know, starting to comply with my request to put together a marketing plan because now it was quick, it was easy, they had a framework to follow. And so, um, and so that's where the book came about, which is also titled The One-Page Marketing Plan. Yeah, I'm actually looking at uh, the, the that on the website here, and uh, I just I just signed up so I could get my uh, my copy of the marketing plan canvas and take a look at that. Because awesome. uh, as as a, a manager of operations, I play a pretty big role in assisting our team here with uh, with marketing, and you know it's it's something that I struggle with too. I mean, I'm a I'm a technology guy. I'm a broadcast guy. I, I talk. I, uh, I I create mobile applications. I love technology, IT, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not really a marketer, but one thing I've learned over the course of many years is like everybody in the company is always selling and always marketing whether that's their role or not and I think that uh, a lot of people kind of get lost in that space too and they don't know they don't know that they don't realize that and I think that's a, a roadblock that happens in a lot of companies if if um, you know your your messaging internally for your brand and what you want to do as a company isn't uh, systemic throughout the entire organization do you see that same type of issues with with uh, lots of organizations where just it just feels like not everybody's on the same page sometimes Oh, very much so. So, so marketing is a process that you need to take care of both internally inside the company and then externally outside the company. So, have your people all all focused, speaking the same language, you know, rowing in the same direction, so to speak. Very, very important. So, as you create the plan for marketing and 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 work through that. Um, and and you start with uh, what you have here is is kind of your you know direct response marketing. Is that the majority of marketing that most people are doing nowadays? Um, it's not the majority of marketing that most people are doing, but it's the marketing that really works well for small to medium businesses because uh, it's marketing that's accountable. It's marketing that you can measure. So where a lot of businesses go wrong is they look look at some of the big players in their space and they say. Um, let's see what these guys are doing from a marketing perspective and then let's do what they're doing because that's that sounds logical you know if someone's doing something successfully hey if you do if you model what they do then um, you hope to get the same result and while that's logical on, on the outside um, one of the there, there's a couple of things so you really need to understand that when you're operating at a different different scale, then um, the strategy changes massively. The other thing is you probably don't see the same uh, full picture of the strategy that, that they do. So very large companies, um, they do brand-based or ma uh, mass marketing, and it works well for them because they've got budgets that are millions and millions of dollars. They've got years to get a result, and often they've got kind of very different um, motivations than a small business. A small business is literally just interested in making a profit and getting a return on investment. Whereas a large company, you know, they want to appease shareholders, they want to satisfy superior biases, they want to win creative awards, all of that sort of stuff. And a small business doesn't care about that sort of stuff. So, so if you're following somebody else's strategy, you'd better be sure that you can see the big picture and that your uh, goals align with their goals. And so if you're trying to do brand-based marketing where you're trying to do like a mass message, where you're trying to get your message out there to everybody and you're saying, hey, you know, I can help everyone or, you know, uh, and you list a laundry list of services and you say that you're, you know, that you're the best in the space or whatever that sort of thing. Um, 
that's kind of going to be a very weak message. It's probably not going to resonate and you probably don't have enough firepower to get it out there. So you probably don't have enough money and you probably don't have enough time to get a mass message out there, a general message out there. So you need a different approach and that different approach is called direct response marketing. So that makes all the difference. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And, you know, I think a lot of people do. They look at like, hey, let me promote my entire brand and the, you know, message mm. or value proposition that the company itself has. But that doesn't really attract, you know, like a specific buyer who's looking for a specific set of uh, solve my problems, uh, right, paper. I call it the, the solve my problem paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Where, where do you identify that in, in the beginning, uh, that you know, you know who you are as a company, you have a brand, uh, you know, you've created like a vision statement of where you are and where you want to go and who you are collectively. But um, how do you get down into the nitty gritty and like actually start talking to the people that matter? You know, because a lot of times I find that, you know, you may have a company that has a brand that's established and people know who you are, but most of the time when a buyer is buying something, they're buying from the person that's selling it to them and not necessarily the brand that represents them. Yeah, so so um, one of the things, and I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. I think a lot of people don't agree with this, but as a small business, um, don't worry about brand. And here's what I mean when I say don't worry about brand. I'm not saying don't, like, first of all, we need to define what a brand is, like, because a lot of people are very highly confused as to what a brand is. Quite simply, brand is the personality of the of a business right so it's uh you know and when you think of someone's personality what's it made up of okay so it's how they dress which is you know from a company perspective it's maybe design how you you know your graphic design how you present it and all that how you speak who you speak to so from a brand perspective that that might be um positioning and that might be um, how you get your message out there and all of that sort of stuff. Now, for, for a small business, the best branding is selling, right? So concentrate <laughs> on getting your product to your target market and absolutely have that display your personality and things like that. But when people think of branding, they think of like the big Nike swoosh on a, on a billboard and that sort of thing. That is not branding. That is one very tiny aspect of branding. And that's something that you probably can't afford to do. You don't have enough firepower, as I mentioned. So really, you need to con- you need to have a really good product, a really good service, and a, a really great way of delivering it. But that's that's uh, people are only going to find out about that after they've bought from you before they buy from you they don't know about your brand so they they see a logo or they see a name and it's the same as every other name because likely it's not a household name like a coca-cola or an apple or or whatever it is so so what should you concentrate on is the is the question and so some of the key things that you need to start off thinking in the beginning is the who. So who is going to be my target audience? Who, uh, who's my target market? And really getting deep into into that. And a lot of people say, hey, it's everybody. I'm an accountant or I'm a lawyer or I'm a doctor. I can help everybody. And that may well be true. But the thing is that you want whoever's uh, looking for what you do to, when they see your stuff to say, hey, that's for me you know that's exactly what I need because if your message is too general if you say hey I do you list a laundry list of services that's going to absolutely get lost and completely dilute your message 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does make sense. And I, I, I see that a lot, especially with like Facebook advertising. You get, you know, a little video that kind of captures your your attention. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You click on the link, you land on their landing page, and all of a sudden it's like a regurgitation of all, all of this information, and it ends up becoming like overload. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So when you start direct response and, you know, we kind of touched a little bit about this earlier with uh, email marketing and some of those things, like all of those things, right? I send an email, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting someone to kind of, you know, uh, respond to those emails, uh, you know, without, you know, giving up your secret sauce or so to speak. But what are, what are, what are the ways where if you're using email marketing, I know that you have, you know, your, your message is basically like a text-based sales uh, pitch or salesmanship on, on, on paper. Paper, uh, and, mm-hmm. and you send those messages out. I mean, what, what, how many, how many emails should I send out before I tell, I decide, hey, I'm, I'm done emailing this person. I'm, I mean, sometimes you don't get responses. What do you do then? Well, here's what we know that the vast majority of people are not ready to buy today. So, um, People will in, inquire about something. People will look into something. Sometimes eighteen months before they're ready to buy. Maybe two years. You know, I've had people who are on my mailing list for, uh, and they signed up for my high level coaching. And I've said, "How long have you been on my mailing list?" And the guy said, two years." Right. So two years ago, I said, "This guy is a tire kicker. Um, he's not ready to buy. Forget about him." Um, that would have been a lost opportunity. Now, I didn't manually email him for two years. I've got a system for that. So I've, I've built a system that automatically sends um, maintenance emails to people on my list um, pretty much forever. And so uh, that way I've got a I've got an automated system that, that takes care of the heavy lifting. And so um, really I think as people who are trying to help someone to, to get to a better place and all entrepreneurs are or should be unless you're selling something harmful to your customers and hopefully you're not (laughs) Um, uh, you know you're in the business of educating them and helping them get to that next level so you want to keep up the education even if they never become a a customer because uh, you don't know who's going to become that five-star customer in 90 days a year two years whenever and you want to build up that goodwill and that um, pipeline of future prospects and, and clients yeah and I, I've seen that happen in our business too I mean we do internet radio and we have clients that you know we initially talk to them about leveraging radio or podcasting as marketing for their you know brand if they're maybe an author or speaker or whatever and uh, you know we'll engage with some of those people and then we, they may not actually end up uh, being an actual customer for like you said a couple of years that, that's happened before for us a, a bunch of different times and uh, we've been in business this is our 20th year in business and um, producing something like 15,000 radio shows in the last 20 years and yeah it's really interesting to kind of see that dynamic where uh, you see that this person's been on your mailing list and I'm like I've seen this name pop up in the CRM like a hundred times over the last umpteen number of days and then you know the next thing I see uh, you know I I help manage our our list and cleanse it and make sure that there's no bounces and all that fun stuff and uh, as I look at it and then the day that I see a person's name and I see a contract come through for you know them buying our services i'm like wow i remember when i put that person into uh into the newsletter database two years ago or i remember when i got the email
email uh, confirming that this new user had signed up. And it's pretty cool to see that aspect of, uh, you know, people that are, I guess, in the hopper with the lack of uh, for lack of a term, but uh, inside that that system. And then finally, you know, they come through and then uh, I do I do training for all of the new new hosts on interviewing and questions and answers and all that. And then I get to actually talk to them and have a conversation about, you know, how they got to this particular point. And it ends up being a, a pretty cool conversation uh, as a VP of operations to kind of see how that journey for that person worked uh, internally with the company. And, you know, is that something that you guys are doing all the time too? kind of a review process um, once the prospect does become a sale where you're going, you know, maybe maybe giving them a survey or having a, a customer service follow up, just kind of, you know, seeing how that process went for them? Yeah, of course, of course. I think that's that's incredibly important. So th- there's the um, there's a survey uh, or not necessarily a formal survey, but a uh, like a diagnostic that we when we're engaged that we we will take someone through to really dig deep and find out you know where is the low hanging fruit, where are the things that we can affect, what are the goals that we re- really want to achieve, and then after we're engaged is seeing you know the the transformation you know how did they go from point a to point b and uh you know has it been effective for them so that's uh that's something that uh, is super important because um especially when you have open-ended questions where you're you're hearing the exact words or seeing the exact words that are used by your target market that's incredibly powerful because we can use that again in our marketing because there's nothing more powerful to a prospect than when you kind of enter that conversation conversation going on in their mind and you can only enter that conversation going on there going on in their mind if you know what it is so uh, you know when you do surveys or when you ask for feedback or when you you ask for the thoughts of your target market that's incredibly important and you want to use the same words the same phrases the same jargon that they use Oh, that's something very, very poignant that you point out. And uh, I'm a, a, a habitual studier of neurolinguistics, and that's you know one of the top things of uh, uh, you know pacing when you're talking to an individual and putting that in a, in a component where you guys can both communicate on kind of the same level. Uh, and I definitely find that extremely helpful with communication and broad spectrum all the way across the board. Uh, I want to move on to uh, something else that, that, that I think is important when you talk about marketing, right? It's, you know, you can have direct response marketing and you can have all of the plan and you know how you're going to interact with individuals as they come into the fold. But, you know, where does it where does it begin with generating the lead to get them into the marketing? You know, I, I, I don't want to say funnel, but, you know, uh, into the into the direct response campaign in the first place. I think that's another piece, uh, piece where, you know, yeah, you, you can identify what your target market is but how do you uh how do you gather and acquire the information in a in a proper manner to start the marketing process yeah so it really starts with um what's going to start a conversation you know people are so hung up on you know clicks and cost per click and traffic and all of that sort of stuff but here's what we know that conversions come from conversations so your job is to have a conversation with your prospect because uh, you know it's one it's you know there's nothing more off-putting than someone saying uh, you know buy my stuff buy my stuff I can help you and all of that when they don't even know my situation I, I, I you know how can I trust that you you know what you say is true that you can help me when you don't even know my situation so you know 
part of what you want to do with a prospect is, is engage in that conversation to see, you know, are they really a good fit for you? And, and only take them on if they are a good fit because we want people who are not just transactional, not someone who just buys and then, um, you know, refunds or complains or, or maybe even just silently doesn't like uh, what you do. So you want to make sure that you're dealing with people who are a good fit. And uh, that all starts at the sales process. That starts with having that conversation and saying, you know, hey, you know, tell me about your situation. Let's see if we're a good fit. And, you know, some people might might think that that doesn't apply to their business because they're just in e-commerce or they're selling widgets online or doing something else. It doesn't, uh, it only applies to consultants or whatever. But, you know, even that little chat box, like, like I can't, I can't remember. I mean, there are so many times when I've gone to buy something online and then I've had this one kind of little doubt or question or whatever. And then, you know, I've left a tab open and I thought, look, I'll get back to that later. I'll try and figure out the answer to that later. And of course, you know, you get busy, you get distracted and you you never go back to to purchasing that item. Now, um, whereas other times I've had that exact same experience, but I saw the little chat box on the bottom right hand corner and, you know, I go into the chat box and and I ask a question. I say, you know, I does it do this or or does it have this functionality or whatever? And they answer my question there on the spot. So we've had a conversation. And even though I might be ordering a low value item, maybe it's $50, $100 or whatever it is, um, that conversion uh, arose as a result of a conversation that, that I had with them. Now, a conversation isn't always necessary. Sometimes, you know, I know exactly what I need and I'm, I just order it. But if you're selling anything that's of reasonable value, it's highly likely that someone isn't going to buy that without them being sure and a conversation can help them uh, progress that to, to being sure. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, you know, earlier I had mentioned you know, like seeing Facebook ads with a video that takes you to you know, a place and it has too much regurgitated information. It becomes overload. And and I think that's a, a stance that we've taken at our company, too, is uh, when, when we find out that somebody's interested in, in our, our product on our, our brand and who we are and what we do the next thing that we do is say, Hey, let's get on the phone and have a conversation and see what your goals are. Because a lot of times I think people will put together these videos or webinars or trainings or however you want to label them. uh, And it ends up becoming that and that, that uh, company trying to provide a one size fits all kind of solution to something that the world just doesn't work that way. And, you know, number two, I also feel like when you have a human to human connection with a person and you start building that, then you end up creating a longer term customer based off of that because you have an actual relationship with a person. It's not a, um, you know, you, you brought up the chat, the chat's great. Um, I can program a chat to answer the 50 most frequently answered questions and mm. it's not even a human being, it's a bot. Uh, and I feel like so many, so many times as technology is moving in this direction of automation and artificial intelligence we lose sight of that we're all humans and humans like other humans more than anything else and if you lose that in the dna of your company but to too much automation and bots and ai you kind of you you miss the ability to create and cultivate that relationship are you seeing the same thing or do you feel the same way in that space I absolutely feel the same way. And and here's the middle ground that I found because automation and all of that is fantastic. It gives you massive leverage. And so here's the middle ground that I found. You know, some people, when some people get 
uh, into the technology and automation. They go, oh, great. How do I automate all of my marketing and all of my sales? And here's how I like to think of it. Um, I like to think of it like uh, Iron Man. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Iron Man. Tony Stark, he's just a regular guy, um, you know, a bit geeky, uh, probably like you, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, but he's just a regular guy. But when he puts on that Iron Man suit, when he uses technology, you know, he can fly, he can shoot lasers, he can do stuff that he couldn't possibly do without the technology. And so it gives him massive leverage. So, but it doesn't replace him. Like he's no, it's not like him just sitting back and saying, hey, suit, go do all the work, right? So he's using that as leverage. And that's the way I use technology. So for, I'll give you an example, practical example in my business. So I've got a, I've got an email list with tens of thousands of people. So and I have emails that go out to them. And yes, they, th- these are automated emails. But when somebody replies to one of those emails, and I do encourage them to reply, um, then that's when they have a human-to-human connection. That's when I do personally reply. That's when I do send them uh, something you know, directly related to what they're asking or whatever their reply was. And so that gives me massive leverage. I can use automation to kind of do the heavy lifting, but I'm still there to have that human-to-human connection. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent correct, and I and I love that that thought process because you do you you automate the initial hello and those types of things, and you know if they do that they get this email, if they do that they get this email, but ultimately you're you're driving them to a conversation, and you know I love it when we when we're able to get to a place and it's like you know what uh, here's a link to my calendar, go ahead and book some time so you and I can talk. Like that's my favorite part of um, you know like where we are, even with the radio show, right? Um, even though like the show is not marketing for business, but it's marketing for guests, right? I want to find interesting people to talk to. When I get to the point where someone says, oh yeah, this sounds like a good idea and I can send out that email that says, hey, here's a calendar link. Go ahead and book some time. You know, I feel like I won. I feel like that's that's the, you know, I've gotten to a place yeah. where I can I can actually spend some time with this person and, and do a radio show like you and I are doing. And uh, yeah, so much automation uh, is great if it just gets you to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Alan, are you uh, are you writing any other books or doing anything else that'll be published uh, recently? I know that you've been starting to work with Forbes. Tell us kind of a little bit about uh, uh, some of the the ongoing things that you're doing for yourself and things that you kind of foresee for the future. Yeah. So, look, on a daily basis, I'm working with clients all over the world, which I absolutely love. You know, I get to see the inside of so many different businesses and just seeing the transformations is really, really satisfying. So, um, so I'm doing that. I'm working, I'm releasing a course, which will be out in the next uh, month or so. So, um, we're coming out with a, with a comprehensive course to really take you through the planning process and the the marketing tactics and things like that. Um, I am working on two new books. They're probably the first one will probably be out Q1 uh, 2020. So uh, working on that in the background. So yeah, there's a lot of exciting projects that that I'm working on. But you know, I'm just loving working with clients uh, every single day or all over the world. And it's just you know so satisfying to see those light bulbs come on and those transformations happen. Yeah, it sounds to me uh, like whoever your marketing person is, uh, they should probably uh, get your course. I mean, I, th- I think that that's probably a great also kind of a, a, a continued education that companies can use for their marketing people to uh, help to maintain that strategy and, and that brand exposure on an ongoing basis, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. It's incredibly important to to really invest in yourself. Like you know, part of part of getting better at 
business is getting better yourself. And, you know, uh, I heard the phrase that, you know, there are, there's no such thing as business problems. There's only personal problems that manifest themselves in your business. And I really feel that that's true. I mean, I've, I've certainly um, felt that in, in my businesses in the past. And, um, you know, I've seen that in clients as well. Yeah, I was talking to a gentleman that stopped by our studios earlier today. And we're talking about, uh, you know, he's a, he's a business uh, coach. And we're talking about cultivating a, a radio show to kind of correlate with some of the uh, uh, like the modules of training that that he's doing and he said one thing that really struck me especially from you know a business leadership perspective and kind of uh, tying on to what you just said about uh, you know personal problems manifesting in their business and he said something that really struck a chord he said how can you manage people if you can't manage yourself Right. And it was kind of like you, you do. You have to be able to manage yourself. Uh, you have to be able to have a proper personal life, because if you don't um, manage yourself, how can you manage a business or how can you manage other people? And or, or like, you know, ma- those those personal problems manifest in business. So, you know, uh, great, great, uh, great point for sure about making sure that you, you you have yourself under control. And, you know, something I always talk about, especially with business leadership is, you know, how can you lead if you don't lead by example? Like, I'll never ask anybody that. I work that I work with or who works for me to do something that I won't absolutely do myself. Mm, that's a that's a really really good way to run a business because you know if you're not congruent um, you know your, your clients are going to feel it your staff are going to feel it um, and you know that lack of congru- congruence it causes stress you know if you're doing things that are you know go against what you say you do and all of that that that's uh, that's going to create stress in you it's going to create stress in your people and so um, you know I, I, I have a rule in my business that you know we want to be kind of selling the byproducts of our own success so like if we say you know this kind of LinkedIn strategy works we need to be using that LinkedIn strategy and we, we need to be we need to be kind of the gold standard of what we uh, say uh, tell other customers to do so uh, if, if we're advocating a certain way of email marketing we need to be doing that and um, that's really um, a big part of our team culture is we need to be the gold standard so we can't be saying one thing and not not doing it yeah, that's 100% correct. Uh, our our mantra at Voice America for so long has been we're the leader in live internet talk radio, right? We, uh, in, in 1999, we were the very first and only uh, internet broadcasting company online other than AOL who had spun up the first music system called Boombox Radio. Um, and, and, and we're doing this on, on the internet before the term podcast existed, before smartphones were there and we called everything on-demand oh, wow. audio and, and you're, and that's right. And I, and I tell my staff on a daily basis, you know, our, our tagline is the leader in live internet talk radio. And I, and I said, you know, that's the, the, the mental note that you have to give yourself every day when you walk through the door and remember that how can we be the best in live internet talk radio if we're not trying to be the best at what we do at the company. And that's, that's my mantra on a daily basis with our production staff for sure. So I love that. That's awesome. So where can we find uh, uh, your other books and stuff? Are they on Amazon? Uh, where, where do we find yep. all that? Yeah, so my, my book is on Amazon um, or wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, etc. Um, it's, it's called The One-Page Marketing Plan. You can also grab a copy of The One-Page Marketing Plan canvas on my website, which is successwise.com. So um, grab all of those things, join in the conversation, and, and I'd love to hear from everybody. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I would urge everybody to go to uh, your website, which is successwise.com. Um, I did it as well. I went and uh, put my email address in there so I could get the, uh, the the documentation that you have. I think it'll be great uh, as a learning experience for me to kind of take a look at that. And hey, you never know, like everybody always needs help marketing. So uh, maybe there's something SuccessWise can do for Voice America or something Voice America can do for SuccessWise. That'd be awesome. Right on. I really appreciate the time with you today. Uh, for those of you who are uh, tuning into the live show at the end, uh, this is Alan Dibb, uh, rebellious marketer, serial entrepreneur, and number one best-selling author of the One Page Marketing Plan. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. Ryan, it was a genuine pleasure. I really appreciate it. For those of you guys that are listening on your favorite podcasting uh, uh, mechanism, whether it be Apple, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that fun stuff, iHeartRadio, we're on all that stuff. Uh, make sure you share this with your friends. Uh, get it out there. We definitely want to hear from you as well. Info at voiceamerica.com. Let us know if there's any subjects you want to cover. Uh, and a big shout out to Alan Dibb for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ryan Treasure. We're finding our frequency, voiceamerica.com. 